There is only one ground rule for this interview. If I start to cry, Courtney Love says over the phone a few weeks before we meet, I will probably get up and leave the room. Don't be offended. As it turns out, she does cry partway through into the third hour of our first session in the hotel suite in Buffalo, New York. It would have come as a greater shock if she didn't. This is the first time Love has spoken for the record in grim, extensive detail about the death last April of her husband, Nirvana's Kurt Cobain, about the accelerating emotional distress that accumulated in his suicide, her own slow recovery from hysteria and despair and the long shadow he casts over her life and music. But Love does not leave the room. She just keeps talking through the tears. He killed himself in this coat, she says, almost choking on her sobs as she points to a heavy brown jacket lying next to her on the sofa. The coat that she has been wearing for the last couple of days to fend off the autumn chill. I wash the blood off it. It's not even sentimental. I just wash one of my other coats, too. Yet, when I gently suggest that we take a break, Love bolts upright and vigorously scrubs away the tears with a Kleenex. I don't want to, she snaps. You knew this was going to happen. It's just better to do it like this. I'm not defensive. I have to do this. David Frick, Rolling Stone. Courtney Love was born Courtney Michelle Harrison on July 9, 1964, in San Francisco, California. Outspoken, brash, and sometimes out of control, Love has become one of alternative rock's most fascinating figures. Her parents, Hank Harrison, an associate of the Grateful Dead, and Linda Carroll, a therapist, divorced when she was only five years old. Raised by her mother, Love lived in a commune for the first several years of her life. Then she spent time in a reform school in her early teens for shoplifting and became a stripper at the age of 16, according to an article in Stella magazine. Love joined up with old friend Bajellan, forming the all-female punk trio Sugar Baby Doll with Jennifer Finch. Love and Bajellan developed their trademark fashion style around this time, appearing on stage in baby doll dresses, heavy makeup, and with messy hair. The band split up after Bajellan kicked Love out of the group. Living in LA, Love started to take her music more seriously, learning to become a better guitar player. She founded her own band, Hole, in 1989, with Eric Anderson after he replied to an ad she placed for musicians. Then, they brought in Jill Emery on bass and Caroline Rue on drums. Soon the group was making waves in the underground music scene with such singles as <laughs> Nail and Teenage Whore. Produced by Don Fleming of Gumball and Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth, Hole's debut album, Pretty on the Inside, attracted some critical attention in England. Love soon began to meet and befriend more influential musicians, such as Michael Stripe of R.E.M. and Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. The year before Hole's album release, Love met Cobain from the band Nirvana at the Satterion Club in Portland. They later ran into each other at another show in 91. Two months after the release of Nirvana's huge hit album, Nevermind, the couple started up a whirlwind romance. As the wife of an alternative rock icon, Love received a boost to her own music career with major record labels suddenly beginning to take more of an interest in her work. The couple later found themselves in legal hot water when Love told Vanity Fair that she used heroin while unknowingly pregnant with Francis, her daughter. The story touched off an official investigation by social services, but in the end, Love and Cobain retained custody. Love's joint drug abuse with her husband began to accelerate at a rapid pace, culminating in the tragic events of April 5, 1994. Cobain, deeply depressed, committed suicide using a shotgun to his head. Cobain's suicide came just before Hole's huge first commercial release. Lived through this, 1994. And while still grieving for her husband, Love was forced to endure more emotional torment 
when Holes bassist Kristen Plath overdosed on heroin and died two months later. Courtney Love, Biography.com. The following excerpts are from Kim Gordon's A Girl in a Band. No one ever questions the disorder behind her tarantula LA glamour, sociopathy, narcissism, because it's good rock and roll, entertainment. I have a low tolerance for manipulative, egomaniacal behavior and usually have to remind myself that the person might be mentally ill. For everything I read and researched about, Courtney Love fits into the psychopathic disorder. She has no empathy for anyone, is narcissistic, knows very well how to manipulate people, and is a victimist among other symptoms. According to her mother herself, since she was a child, she showed violent behavior, mistreated younger siblings and family animals. In addition to easily manipulating the people around her, when someone reveals something about her or against her, as her daughter Frances did many years ago, Courtney Love publicly humiliated her and cursed her on social media. Then she apologized, even though she had no genuine intention, manipulating others and possibly her daughter. Courtney was born with this disorder. She had an ancestor who exhibited psychopathic behaviors in addition to her own father. And even when they found her husband dead, Courtney Love acted normally with her life, returning to the stage, releasing her new album, and staying with other guys weeks after her husband's death. In fact, Courtney Love is a scary woman who threatened her own mother-in-law and several other people. She doesn't respect her late husband, just as she wrote in her diary. You said I love you. I said f*** you. I need money for blow. Hold on to me. Hold on to that cardigan. It was a gift from Versace. Beauty and death. On top, she placed a photo of herself with a small smile holding the gun that Cobain killed himself with. And underneath, she pasted the only true photo of Cobain's lifeless body. The following is from a Rock NYC interview with Linda Carroll, Courtney Love's mother. I wrote the book about me and looking for my roots. I found that the roots were inside me. It's my struggle to understand. My daughter Courtney has struggled with alcohol and drugs and mental illness and is a celebrity. It's a lethal combination, and she continues to do damage. The question is, how do you go on with your life? How do you mourn the living? You learn to live with the ambiguity. You talk about Courtney and her inconsolability when upset, even as an infant. I took Courtney to a therapist when she was two. I felt something was wrong. There were times she would cry for hours and couldn't be soothed, and then other times she just cried in a way that seemed fake, as if she would study people and then do it. The first therapist I consulted said, I don't know what's wrong, but I have a feeling it's going to get worse, and there's nothing we can do. still baffled about what she wrote in her diary and what she had in her diary. You're telling me it's public like knowledge and everybody knows about those two photos that she released? All of the information from her diaries and such, um, after Kurt killed himself, it was very like suspicious circumstances because like the letter didn't seem like him and like how do you shoot yourself with a shotgun and not have something to prop it up because he was rather short. So when the investigation opened up, Courtney was like suspect number one um, that she either paid someone to kill him or kill they had to give over like all of their personal stuff, which meant all of Kurt's journals, but also all of Courtney's journals, and they both wrote a lot. All of those things were published court records and like evidence points, even just to illustrate their life. So everything from this, like everything she did is public knowledge. So there's a lot out there that people aren't like aware of, just things that work against her. So of course, Kurt is not with us anymore, but is Courtney still alive or has something happened to her recently? Courtney is alive and doing all right, according to most of her close contacts. She got back in contact with her daughter, Frances Bean, and they're doing a lot better. 
she's been leasing more independent works and doing a lot of random things that get her famous, aka like cameo, social media, all sorts of things like that. But no one really acknowledges her. She just recently was a big advocator for Free Britney, and Britney just <laughs> never noticed her. And she's this like rock star, so what's the deal there? Um, but she's alive. She's was I'm not gonna lie. I thought she was dead. Right. I Most people. When you do all of those drugs and you've dealt with so many mental illnesses, it's like the the mm-hmm. odds of you surviving are so much lower. Mm-hmm. And it was the nineties, and I think she's only fifty seven too, right? She's like that's fif- not even yeah fifty seven. Yeah, that's not, not even that old. old. That's my dad's age. Like that's yeah. Yeah. that's not old. Yeah. But she Twins. seems a lot older because of what she did, you know. Um, can I ask what her relationship is with her daughter right now? Frances Bean Cobain. Frances looks just like her dad. And she loves guitar as much as her dad, and she has a very deep connection to her dad. Um, it's always been pretty well known that Courtney held some disdain for Francis, and because Courtney shows all the traits of a psychopath, she does have traits of narcissism. Mm. So that's hard for any girl to grow up with, especially a girl who doesn't have a dad who she like feels yeah. a connection to. Because she grew up listening to his music, so she felt like he was there. She just couldn't deal with like talking to him. Um, and losing him in such a difficult way, like that's a horrible way to lose a parent or a loved one. And then he didn't. He had just and then isolated horrible himself. the way your mother reacts to it. And yeah, that's actually terrifying. Um, watching her react. Um, just go off like sidetrack right now. Watching her react to Kurt's death, she read out his suicide note immediately for everyone to see, which was not like what his intentions were. But there's a lot of iffy things with the investigation that I can get into. But going back to Frances, um, she emancipated herself from her mother when she was 16 years old because she couldn't live with her anymore. Um, and her mother would take to the internet, threaten to like leak private pictures, threatening to like get Frances in all of this trouble when Frances was just starting a musical career. So they had a very toxic relationship. Courtney, yeah. I don't know. She's is she in a successful? Musical career. I um, didn't even know that. She how is she today? Francis yeah. Bean. Yeah. Francis is Francis Bean. They they called her Bean, especially mm. Kirk called her Bean. Mm-hmm. So she's like Francis Bean, like the song Beans. Mm. Um, and she grew up with a very deep connection to Kurt. And then her singing voice is significantly better than his, oh, but she really? looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. She looks exactly like him. That's creepy. Um, but she's doing very well for herself. They all have a little memorial, like, museum running out of one of the big museums. Um, I'm not sure which one. But um, they have a little memorial with all of his stuff. And she was there for the opening with her mother, who, mm-hmm. of course, showed up. Because even though she, quote, she unquote, hates Kurt so much. Yeah. So you mentioned something about there being more to the investigation than a lot of people know about. So are there some conspiracy theories that she might have actually killed Kurt? There are many conspiracy theories that Courtney killed Kurt. And the reason for so was because she had... The main reason why people suspected her was because she had this aura about her, which was just her unmasking her psychopathy. But... um, a lot of people suspected her after when she was on tour with Nirvana as, you know, Kurt's wife. They were shooting up heroin in a Paris hotel room. And she shot him up with heroin that was laced with fentanyl and then took a little too long to call for help. So people were already a little suspicious. He was resuscitated and performed a show later that night. So it clearly didn't do that much damage to Kurt. Wow. And is there no is there any real motive or is it kind of just like just her psychopathy so the note states that 
in order to bring peace, he never wanted to be a rock star, which is true. But in order to bring peace to himself and his family, he had to kill himself. Like, it ended with him saying, Francis, I'm so sorry. Like, Courtney, I love you forever. Like, one of their little lines. So he apologizes to his daughter and says he loves his wife before he kills himself. Everyone who knew Kurt knew that wherever he went, his family went with him. They were at every single concert. Francis was at every single interview. If you've seen an interview of Nirvana, just like scrolling through Instagram or anything on YouTube, you always see that Courtney is sitting in his lap while they're getting interviewed by like big, big time news networks. He loved Francis, and because he had so much time alone, he never let her be alone. So the fact that the note would state the motive is because I'm causing him too much trauma while I'm alive, it's out of character for him. Yeah. But then further suspicions were, you know, aroused when they found <laughs> they found a notebook in Courtney's possession that was practicing handwriting. Oh. And these uh, are yeah, all pieces. So you evidence. believe that was I I, <laughs> I believe that I believe that either an accident happened, which is something that people don't put a lot of right. thought into. Right. Like they're both high on heroin and he was found with so many drugs in his system. That's like yeah, he didn't just die from yeah from a gunshot wound to the head he had so much like he had a crazy cocktail of drugs in his system um but i i truly believe that there's something more of the story that i i can't accuse courtney because i do think it's a little far-fetched because she's showing traits of psychopathy but if you looked it up that is not what many psychopaths come to like and he's dealt with similar things so i mean there's two sides to each story so, so this was was this ever taken to trial or investigated? It was heavily investigated before it was dismissed. However, Kurt Cobain's cause of death has never been ruled a suicide. It has been ruled an accident. Uh, I was going to ask, because I remember discussing this in our Kurt Cobain podcast, but what was the situation? Was she trying to take like his money after or was it after his death she tried to get rights for his song? Yeah. Could you explain that? Um, Courtney immediately after Kurt died contacted because that's more motive that's literally right like contact because her band was not this raving success that yeah. it was especially without Kurt she c- contacted Dave and Chris and said hey I'm so sorry can we discuss who's wh- what band ownership's gonna look like now and it's not like she could text it that means she dialed these people up on the phone and she sent them an email them. <laughs> right she, she called these people and said flat out I am so sorry that you hey, just lost your best friend. Can I get a third? But she was like, we got to talk ownership. So she goes, takes him to court and says, I deserve oh one gosh. third of Nirvana. It does not go to her. It goes to Francis. <laughs> Francis gets all of the money. Um, all right, Francis. Nice. I know. Get it, Francis. I know, right? Good ending. Yes, yeah. literally. And Courtney does not own Nirvana. However, she released, uh, she helped to release Kurt's unreleased, you know, where Beans was on. Yeah. So his, like, private... Oh, that's sad thing. to me. That seems like private. That, that, that feels like private, right? It feels very private. Right, a little bit. But she Did wants... Did she make money off that? Um, yes. She... Well, Probably not the oodles team. and she's oodles. Still technically, yeah. She's still technically team, like, Kurt Cobain. Oh. Like, she works with his people. Mm. She, she's got... Oh yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Not for that. I do not, not like that. Shit. Courtney violates privacy a lot. Courtney goes a little, like, farther than she should a lot, mm-hmm. and... She so desperately wants to be relevant that she's willing to do really outlandish things. Ooh. Okay, I know she's that's like attention maybe. She hasn't released music since the very, very early 2000s, mm-hmm. and her peak has fallen majorly, especially because people are educating themselves on, like, 
the would, murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would I know any of her songs? Um, Jennifer's Body. That's a song that yeah, recently that got popular. It, if you were on like all I bet, TikTok, I bet if I heard yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely familiar, though. I bet if I've heard it, I've it her music is very screamy, very grungy, oh. distortion all relevant. the way up. Oh wow! Sorry, you guys. I'm starting to really dislike her. She also, she also, <laughs> the, I don't know her the graphic all. imagery on her albums makes you want to throw up. She's Sick. if you thought like Kurt ever was too graphic, Courtney loves murder. Jeez. Courtney loves murder. Okay, well now I'm convinced. So <laughs> I'm not gonna I mean, say it, but as a Kurt Cobain liker, I am definitely biased. There's no denying I have a serious bias because I we can love tell. Kurt. We can tell. But. All of the I things I told you I don't today blame were your bias. Facts. Yeah, I don't blame I your support bias. It. I mean, everybody should Fully. be biased if you know all the facts. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for making the second episode of this Kurt thank Cobain you. series. Thank you. You're very so educating and entertaining. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hope you guys learned something. I hope I didn't sway opinions too much. <laughs> I learned a lot. <laughs> no, my opinions yeah. aggressively swayed, but uh, same. I'm happy. Sure. I'm pleased with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay um, with it. It's all facts. The final, the final, like, I guess, little disclaimer I put out is that no one diagnosed with like these diseases has to react in the way Kurt or Courtney did like they don't they don't have to turn violent they don't have to turn to drugs it's a very like crazy um, yeah this is like yeah. a singular case exactly very special one. so um, but it does explain why they might reach certain conclusions because of these mm-hmm. right so yeah that's thanks so much, much. Yeah. Thank us. you very much of course. Yeah.